Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Dark Who for the very first time. With me are those couples, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex. Producer Terry is also here. This week we're here to talk about Galaxy 4, written by William Ems, directed by Derek Martinez, or Martinez, I don't know. Aired September 11th to October 2nd, 1965. Before we get to what everybody thinks, it is time for everybody's favorite podcast segment, Cody's 42nd Plot Synopsis. Howdy, Mark. Get it, go! Make Galaxy 4 great again. <laughs> Maga is mean, and the Rels are great, and it turns out the Rels save everybody, and they all die, and the planet explodes, and the guns are dumb, and everybody can see everybody's knees. It's like some Austin Powers stuff. It's like a little mm-hmm. bit of Steven in an airlock, and... Steve's badass. Vicky gets taken away by the Grumblies, but it turns out that they're fine. And they talk through speakers. And Time. Shocking. Nailed it. I feel like Have a good most night. of that had nothing to do with I'll anything. I'll be here all you day. You can see their knees, Sam. I, like, what? <laughs> hey, Jill. Yeah. Ten or so years ago, not quite ten years ago, Doctor Who Magazine had a poll. Listen, all 156 classic stories in order. Where do you think Galaxy 4 fell on that poll? Okay, I have questions. Um, okay. The animation is pretty recent. So, before you answer, yes, the animation just came out a few months ago, so it was not available during this poll. People had episode 3, and they had some reconstructions they could see. They had the audio. And that's it. So if I was basing it off episode three and audio alone, because I personally thought episode three was the weakest, I, how many, how many options do I have? 156. I'm going to go with like 110. Terry? I kind of liked episode three. 128. Cody? 157. (laughs) There's only 156. 156. Alex? I'm going to go the opposite. I think since it was missing, people might fantasize and have more of an imagination about it. So I'm going to go like 82. Not even a leap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sam? 87 was my number. Well, once again, Terry's crazy close. It was 130. Damn. Wow. Damn you to hell, Terry. Yeah. (laughs) Since you're the winner this week, Terry, what'd you think of the story? I liked it. Um, I love the 
the like the trying to figure out which species was lying and then just seeing the backstabbery of all of our friends and Steven can't fight a girl to save his life. He has to wait till they're sleeping to win. <laughs> but I thought it was... They were, like, super strong. They lifted him by his neck. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. <laughs> um, Cody was like, what did they do in the actual shooting of this? I was like, yeah. they just didn't show the feet, I'm sure. But no, I, I thought it was a good story. The actual uh, episode we got to see, the set, was super cool. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm calling sus. You gave it 131. 128. What? What'd you think, Cody? <laughs> is he Googling? I th- he's sus as shit, man. That is sus. Sus. I, I legit Soup didn't sus. think that this would be on that because there was only one episode. Secret Hitler. <laughs> you can you can like things and think other people are gonna yeah, what do you, like it. What are you guys thinking, sus? Like it's not like his his number wasn't what he thought of it. Terry watched uh, Doctor Who before all of this. I think he took part in this poll and had it hanging in his bedroom for years. Mm-hmm. And that's why he knows. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying he's sus, man. And he's part of all the bad Doctor Who fans that <laughs> partook I'm in this. I'm calling you out, Terry. Little do you know, Terry lives in the woods. He doesn't have a bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Sam, what'd you think? Um, I think the animation helped it. Because they could do more than they would be able to do otherwise. So I think it was better than it probably was originally. Did you watch did you watch the color animation or the black and white? Black and white. Should we I didn't know there was color. Cody was in charge of doing it. There were numericals, so it was like episode one, two, three, four. And then the next is said episode four and five. And I was like And then uh, also we didn't see the live episode. You didn't? No. You just watched oh, all that? No. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, we could not find it. Instructions unclear. <laughs> There's two options. They're both just right there. It, <laughs> on ours, it literally said episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four. That were that that was. Jill our and options. Alex, you had exactly the same Blu-ray as them. I had the steel book, so maybe mine was a little different. But what did <laughs> what, what did it look like? <laughs> Well, you might have not selected play all. You might have just hit play, and then it gave you one, two, three, four. But I think if you hit play all, then it gives you the two options. Oh, that's that's a possibility. We just did not see. Like it. if you just go to if you just hit episodes, and then yeah, one, two, three, four. I think that's what happened. Um, Jill, Alex, did you guys watch it in color or black and white? Black and white with the third live action. Yeah, so you were saying, Sam, that um, you thought like the animation made the sets look bigger. What I like about these animations that have real episodes is that the animation has to like give or has to be realistic to what it was. So those sets are actually really cool. Like they, the spaceships were real sets. They, you know, didn't quite look like that, but pretty <laughs> close. Um, you know, the walking through the desert was like, you know, walking in the studio with a desert background on the wall, but it was still <laughs> cool. And yeah, I, well, we haven't gotten everybody yet. Jill, what'd you think? I liked it. I was taking good notes because we watched it way earlier than normal. And for some reason I took no notes on episode four. So I don't know if I was just enjoying the show or what was going on. 
But I did really like the story. I actually thought the animation was really good. I know the last one we watched, I thought it was terrible. I just really enjoyed it a lot. It's a different studio doing these animations than that Reign of Terror was like the first one they did. And that was a long time ago. It was bad. But this one was really good. Alex? Yeah, it's it was a tight four episodes. I I felt like it was it moved along. Nothing really dragged a whole lot um, comparatively (laughs) to other episodes we've seen. So (laughs) I think. I think it was a solid story. It was fun. Yeah, it was good. I think um, that last episode would be the one most benefited by existing because it's all an action episode. And the animation really lets action down. I think it works fine for, you know, the heavy dialogue scenes and, you know, making the ships look cool and stuff. But the uh, shooting, shooting laser guns at people, like, even though... We do see a little bit in the episode that exists, and it's really just like a flashlight on a on a gun that co- just turns on and turns off, and that means they shot. I think uh, you know the people doing their movements make it a little better than the animation, but I enjoy this one. I, this is only my second time seeing it. I don't know; it's just a different vibe getting the animated ones. They're funnier. They're they're weird. I particularly like when um, there's no dialogue, so the animators just have to come up with something, <laughs> because they're just, like, quiet for 18 seconds, <laughs> and there, there's a lot of, like, you know, um, Vicky saying, Steven, look at that, and then there's a six-second pause before they're like, oh, yeah, there's three suns, so they just have everyone, like, kind of moving around <laughs> the space <laughs> just to kind of waste six seconds before they could show the three suns. That would be so hard to animate an already made voiceover. Well, I mean, that's kind of how cartoons work. Well, don't don't I they do? I thought it was reverse. Like yeah. they animate first, and then they put the voices to it, isn't it? That's what I thought no. too. I mean, they at least have storybooks to go off of. Of like, this is what's happening in the scene compared to this is an audio sound. Well, they have scripts for all these. It's an audio so there, sound. There'll be there'll be stage direction. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, like, even with the sounds for the chubblies or whatever they are, of like, yeah. here's a beeping and a siren. It's like, what on earth did it do? <laughs> <laughs> but at least we ha- we got to see what the chubblies really look like. Because I I remember the first time I saw this, those first two episodes, I was like, there's no way the chubblies look like that. <laughs> like they're too small. I don't know how they worked, and there's no way they like work that well. And then we see them in episode three, and they do actually work pretty well. Yeah. And it turns out they just have uh, little people in them, and they're, you know, operating them. It, you know, they're doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. What Alex and I were most intrigued about, sorry to speak for you, Alex, was the, like, uh, the other ones, the Drobins. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Because they were all so matched in the animation. And we're like, did they, like, use the same person that ran around? Did they try to find similarly looking all the women you mean yeah yeah they they'll do that there's some other ones where there'll be a couple women in a story in the animated ones and they just draw them to look exactly the same and in fact there's one where there's two women and in the animation they just make them one woman (laughs) well this one was supposed to be uh like clones right so that's why they look look alike i don't know if they're clones but they're definitely like 
I thought like they half were people. They were clones because Maga, whatever her name was, made them to be well. Yeah, but you soldiers. can. There's ways to make things without them being clones. But yeah, they're essentially. I liked the touch of them being clones in the animation versus like yeah. obviously different people in the real yeah. version. What did they look like in the real version? Blonde British women. It wasn't like twins. <laughs> it was like blonde, similarly built people. Yeah, different heights and everything. Yeah, and then the makeup just shaped their faces to look the same. So, is is that hard to hire hot, tall, blonde twins? <laughs> uh, they were it's also be really thing. bad actresses in the uh, regular version, the live Yikes. version. So maybe it was hard to hire. I think that people. was the direction. Yeah, because oh, they don't bad. necessarily know how to think for themselves. Yeah, so that's... and they're supposed to be pulling like a like a Natalie Portman in Star Wars Episode One, <laughs> like just sounding like a moron. Like the animation version, like they were very soldier like, like they were rigid, like they had like strong movements. Uh, they were like really robotic, and in the regular version, I didn't think they were. They were just like humans who didn't have good posture, good stances, and weren't great actresses. <laughs> that might have they were just hired just to look been the, like each other. The way the artist can draw. <laughs> but it fit. That fit the character. Yeah, it does. Unlike the doctor's arms, which are 14 feet long in the animation. <laughs> yeah, and live outside say, his like shoulders. Animated Hartnell better than regular Hartnell. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this is what, I mean, it's not wildly exciting. It's pretty slow. I, I think what you were saying earlier, Jill, about the, or maybe it was even you, Terry, trying to figure out, like, who the bad guy was and who was telling the truth. I think, like, they tried to do that with Steven's character. Like, not, because he, you know, is the first one to start talking to the women. And then when Vicky comes back, she's already met the um the other guys. I cannot remember their names. The Rills? The Rills. Rills and Drobbins are the... Yeah. But it's like, from the jump, the way Mega is played, well, she's the bad guy. We know it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no subterfuge in the story at all. It's true. Yeah. I don't know, but it... Yeah. I liked it. There was potential for the Rills to be bad as well. Like, oh shit, are they also going to turn and be like, screw you guys, and like leave the doctor and take the ship or something like that? But like, they turned out to be yeah. super helpful, awesome people. Yeah, it's the moral of the story. Ugly people are great. Yeah. Hot people are assholes. <laughs> they deserve to die. <laughs> I did like the feminist tones throughout, like put with the women being the bad people. Um, like one of the opening lines is something like, men, keep as many as we need and kill the rest. They eat valuable food. I want a story on their planet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's been at least 17 Star Trek episodes with that exact same premise, but come on. And it's the first really, like, feminist tones we get in Doctor Who, and I appreciate that. My question, the ending of the story, why couldn't they keep the garlic Dalek? The Chumleys? Yeah. Yeah, the one that escorted them. Fucking bring it with. Yeah. It, it's got to be, like, wildly useful, even if it, like, doesn't work anymore, apart from the ship that controls it. It's got, like, parts and stuff. It's got to be, like, pretty cool technology. Yeah, I was really sad that they didn't bring it with. Yeah, it's a big uh, oversight by the Doctor. 
I can't get over you called it the garlic Dalek. Yes, that is what they are. <laughs> it looked like a robotic wedding they cake. They say the word chumbly 75,000 times in the story. <laughs> and every, my, I laughed out loud. There's a part where the women are talking about the little robots and they're having a conversation with the doctor and Vicky's just in the background. And they're like, they say the robots and you just hear Vicky in the background go, chumbly. <laughs> <laughs> like, anytime someone says robot she says chumbly to correct that but she just made that word up i was gonna say like 20 she minutes ago them, didn't she <laughs> yeah it's the best <laughs> that makes sense why she's the one correcting it then and it makes it hilarious i wish they would have <laughs> talked more about that because like yeah you pick it up obviously because everyone's like the what oh okay so you know she well, named yeah them, well but... she just goes they look like chumblies and everyone's like okay <laughs> like we don't know what that is. Yeah, what is a fucking jumbly? I think it's more of a like an automatopoeia. Like when she said it originally, uh, I think it was Steven was like a what, and then she like she like puts her arms out and then wiggles around. You know, jumbly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember that. Is that her thing? Like she just names everything. Because, <laughs> like, when we first see her, she had that pet lizard that would try to kill her, but she named it. Uh, the pet lizard did not try to kill her. Barbara murdered that <laughs> oh, pet that's lizard right. the minute she saw it. Okay. <laughs> while Vicky was yelling, no, don't, stop, <laughs> right next to her. Uh, R.I.P. lizard. Hold on, I'm about to put nine rounds into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't cry, little girl. Um... Speaking of the feminism in this story, it's one of very few stories we've had, and one of even less that we're going to get in the future, that passed the Bechdel test. We, we've kind of been on a good run, because we've had two women in the TARDIS most of the time, but going forward, it's pretty rare <laughs> that there's even two women in a story at all. Yikes. Pass the what test now? Uh, Bechdel test. There's this, uh, person named Bechdel <laughs> who, uh, wrote, created this test to kind of point out the sexism in movies. And it's like, um, to pat for a movie to pass a Bechdel test. And she gave like all these examples of hugely famous movies that like don't. And it's crazy how many movies don't. And all it is, is there has to be at least two women that have speaking lines. There has to be a scene where two women talk to each other. And they can't talk to each other about a man. <laughs> and there's no movies that do that. <laughs> so they have to have all of those things. Right. I mean, you could just say there have to be two women that have a, <laughs> that talk to each other in a scene not about a man. <laughs> anyway. You're supposed to say stuff. It was implied in the... Anyway. <laughs> Um, as well as tweets? No. Early okay. tweets? Oh, okay. In episode one, <laughs> I noted they were so willing to leave Vicky. And, like, I guess that gives her her more adult presence. But it's still yeah. weird. Like, they're like, oh, Vicky's here? Okay, got it. Like, see you never. Well, she does, she does make a good point. Like, she kind of knows her role. But she's also, as opposed to Vicky, like, wildly confident. Like, she knows she can stay there and take care of herself. But she knows that, like, out there, it, like, the doctor needs to be physically protected. And Steven's a gigantic monster man. 
who can like jump on top of a chumbly. A gigantic monster man. He's fucking huge. I have other notes, but the one that I'm most interested about is the doctor was trying to wreck machines. I put machines. Did I mean chumleys? For making ammonium? Yeah. It's the air filter. So he's trying to kill the good guys? He didn't know. All he knows is that they've they've trapped Vicky inside their their ship. But That's then all he, he knows. He also says I mean he left her there pretty openly. But then he also says that he never kills. The doctor lies. <laughs> yeah. We don't know that yet. Uh, he <laughs> lied <laughs> to Maga in the episode before it. Well, he says in the Dalek invasion of Earth that he never uh hurts or kills anybody unless he has no choice and then he like beats the shit out of someone with his cane. I was like, all he's done is murdered people in the past few. <laughs> he, I'm pretty sure he says in that same episode that he doesn't kill. Just murder, not Stupid. kill. Oh, okay. Definitely said it. He says it more than once. Cody, give me some of that low energy. Come on. So hear me out. Oh god. The story sucks. And here's why. <laughs> It constantly kicks you out for just kind of like poor writing. Didn't feel like who's the doctor? Hartnell. Like was really get a little closer to that mic. You're way quieter than Sam is. It didn't seem like Hartnell really had a lot of control over any of the shit he said. Not only that, if you turn the every time Hartnell says "hmm" into <laughs> a drinking game, you will fucking die. Die. <laughs> Your life. <laughs> will cease to be. That's now an inside joke at our house whenever. <laughs> also, what the hell is the fabrication of the drama in this series? They were scanning a planet and they saw another ship and they couldn't fly away because they thought they would get shot. So as soon as they shot, we shot them and then we both landed on the planet. I, f I hate it. Also, the very ending, are they just like, is that a prequel? Is that what is the next story is about? What the next story is about? I wonder what's on that planet. Yes. Hmm. 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 Well, I'll tell you at the end. Because <laughs> it's a story we're not going to watch. Oh. Shame. I don't, I think the animation style is not. Well, it's cheap and it's on purpose because not very many people buy animated episodes of a sixty-year-old TV show. Yeah, it's as Jake bought four fine. of them. But I mean, here I we are, right? Three. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> like, I'm glad I watched the story. Fucking Hartnell. God bless his heart. We're gonna have to go watch the third episode, the live action. Yes. I have Do three that guns. <laughs> I will use each of them on every TV in this house. I will put a <laughs> bullet through every one. Hey, Cody. Yeah, Jake. If you had to rank all of the doctors you've seen, where's Hartnell Fall? Dead last. Of all of them that I've seen, dead last. Really just the new ones and then him. Well, we saw... We saw the third Doctor. Well, you've seen one with the fourth and one episode with the third, but, you know, we'll we'll kind of come back to that. We've, you know, haven't seen so much of them. They they might have their bad days, too. Is every day I'm, a bad yeah, day? Yeah, I'm sure they do, but... 
Hey, Hartle is the man. He is a man. <laughs> he is the man who started this disaster of Doctor Who. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but uh when you're talking about the the hmms, I think that's part of uh when Dennis Spooner took over as uh editor or script editor and he kind of they were going a little more lighthearted with the doctor character. And I think Hartnell's just kind of like Oh, I could just say, hmm, instead of remembering the words I'm supposed to say. <laughs> Literally <laughs> it totally does it works. so he much. actually had a sentence that started, hmm, and then he said his line, <laughs> and it ended with, hmm. Was it that, the inflection up and then the inflection yeah, down? <laughs> like, he's using hmm for words, and I couldn't stop hearing it. Like It's, it's all I could hear the whole time. It's weird, because all I could hear was your snoring. Fucking A. <laughs> Roasted. Do you guys wait until today to watch it? No. We watched two episodes previously. Uh, you guys want some tweets? I'll take a tweet. Okay. To my grave. I asked some of our Twitter friends what they thought about this story. I can't imagine a ton of them have seen it. The Blu-ray or the animation just came out like this year or last year. I can't remember. Um, and you know it's not cheap. But we got some responses. If you would like to participate in our, you know, telling us what you think about stuff on Twitter, our Twitter is Married to Who Pod. James at James Swift 95 says, I found this story really eh. I enjoyed the first episode, though, and I liked the ending. Then again, I watched it 4 a.m. when I couldn't sleep one night, so <laughs> I doubt I was in the best of moods. How did that not put him directly to sleep? <laughs> uh BT Flimdy Gigget at your cool ninety one said the fact that there isn't a chumbly eagle moss figure yet is a crime. <laughs> which I agree. A what figure? She says Um Chumbly or Eagle Moss. It's a company that makes Doctor Who figures and oh. figures for other things. Um she says they're so stupid, but I love them. <laughs> I feel that. They were cute. I like them. They're like the little sidekicks of the story and they're so well intentioned and they'll kill themselves to save others vicky like screamed when they were like yeah it'll just kill itself she was like ah! <laughs> i was like it's it's, it's a machine robot. yeah <laughs> it okay and then um james courtney and mr j courtney host of the soon to exist uh help us sarah jane podcast says, I was lucky enough to see this at the BFI premiere of the animation. I was surprised by how funny it was when watching it with a live audience. Very 60s Star Trek as well. It's totally, like, you could see this being a 60s Star Trek very easily. Thank you, James. Was Star Trek, like, if it was Star Trek, would Captain Kirk try to, like, sleep with the, the females? He'd every one of those ladies, <laughs> three of the Chumblies, and Steven. <laughs> and Steven. While he was passed out in the airlock. <laughs> oh, jeez. I did like the humor in this, too. Um, of, of Vicky going through her uh, scientific method of, like, observing and all this stuff. And then I threw a rock. <laughs> that was... I laughed so hard. It was good. I don't remember that line. 
Yeah. She's doing a test on if the Chumblies would, like, sound behind them if they would react to it. And they didn't. But, like, she just throws a rock in the dark. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? And just <laughs> freaking out. And she's like, uh-uh. I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it, and I decided to burn this place down. <laughs> Once again, Maureen O'Brien, Vicky, just a breath of fresh air. And you guys don't know this yet. This is the last story we're going to see of her. No. Wait, what? Who? She's... What? That's unacceptable. We'll get to that at the end. What's happening? Which might be coming soon. Anyone have anything else they need to say about this one? We can make this a short one. Cody's very, very tired. That's true. Uh, I will just say I loved um, Maga as a character of how cutthroat she was. Like, she shot her injured teammate and then just, like, push the other clone into the lava when the earth was like falling apart underneath her and she's just like just leave me alone and just like by herself it was great maga definitely made those clones perform sexually for her right oh <laughs> definitely yeah, what else is she gonna do it's her first line keep as many well she did say keep as many as we need so it's hard to say which she didn't need any of them <laughs> They don't need him to get off. We've all seen uh, Wonder Woman. She didn't need him for sperm either. She obviously created these things herself. Right, yeah. What do you need to pro- well, they do have real people, too. She says, she's like, I'm a real person. I'm a born person. So they do have normal people. Fine. <laughs> is, is calling them normal people being, like, uh, <laughs> ableist to clones? sorry clones so we get cancelled what's the name of that sheep should I apologize dolly dolly jeez are you even good at trivia (laughs) (laughs) hey Jill you had a bunch of notes you got anything else I didn't have a bunch I had had nothing on episode 4 and I'm really disappointed in that I think I just liked watching it (laughs) Just well, yeah, it it's nonstop. Out. It's full on. Yeah, pretty pretty bog standard. I love that the the two ships that are like at war with each other are like an eight minute walk away from each other, and then on this entire planet, the TARDIS kind of lands about three minutes away from there. Makes yeah. it convenient for all the running around when we only have two days. I did enjoy the animation of the lady ship over the live action lady ship because like when I first saw it I was like oh boy that looks rough yeah that's true the animation version of the ship was really good and it was like supposed to be like a shitty ship so I don't know they did a good job with the Mm -hmm. animation and they also did a good job with it in the real version like it's real crappy I really was just regretting watching this one, or, you know, not looking forward to it because of the animation aspect, but I was very pleasantly surprised. Well, once we get to the second Doctor, we're going to have a lot more animation. But they quit doing the animations now, so (laughs) don't have to worry about that anymore. Like recently? Yeah, this was, they, I think they, this was the last one that's come out. I think they've announced another one. But they said, like, that's going to be the last one. 
And this is the only like first Doctor one they did in this like new series of animations they've been doing. Because they did a ton of the second Doctor trying to like fill all the holes. Which made me think there's going to be some announcement that like they like found a whole bunch of episodes. And so that's why they were stopping. But it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> okay, guys, we are... We're going. So I'm going to tell you about the stories that we're going to miss because they don't exist. The next story, we saw that little thing at the end of that guy and he had a thorn in his hand. That's a one episode story. Man. Called, Mi- called Mission to the Unknown, sometimes called The Dalek Cutaway. It's like a prequel to a story coming up that's the main cast is not in. It's just like this group of like a like a space force that shows up on this planet and there's Daleks there and a bunch of other people and the Daleks are like forming an alliance to take over the solar system and they kill all these space force guys that show up. It doesn't exist, but a couple years ago some college students shot it, like recreated it shot for shot or you know, to the best of their ability and the BBC put it on their YouTube page so you can go watch it anytime you want. Um, the reason they did that one episode is because there's a production break in between the last one, this one we just watched and the next one. And so Verity Lambert wanted to give the actors an extra week off. So instead of like five weeks off, they got six weeks off. And it was also Verity Lambert's last story as a producer of Doctor Who. She's been the producer and showrunner the whole time so far. Wow. This one episode story was her last one? Yep. So she didn't want the main cast to be there for her last <laughs> for her last one? <laughs> guess not. Um, the next one is called The Myth Makers. It's four episodes. This is the first story with John Wiles as the producer. The team lands in ancient Greece during the Trojan War. Achilles sees the TARDIS and thinks that the Doctor is Zeus because he like materializes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. The Doctor basically creates the Trojan horse story. And that's Vicky's last story. She falls in love with the king's youngest son and leaves. Stays in ancient Greece. She wasn't abandoned by the doctor like (laughs) his granddaughter. But it is interesting. I heard, like, Alex and I have talked about this on this podcast before, but not with you guys. So, like, it's, it's like Susan. Like, she's now reached womanhood, so she's... She doesn't need to go on these adventures anymore. She needs to find a man to get married because that's what women do. Right. There's there's a podcast I listen to called Flight Through Entirety, and they're talking about Amy Pond in season five. Like she that season is about her growing up. Like she's got this stunted adolescence because of what happened to her when she was a kid and the doctor visiting her and She's not sure if she should get married because she just isn't ready to become an adult. And then the story ends with her getting married, being an adult, and still having the adventures, realizing that she can have it both ways. And when they're they were talking about um Susan in the Narnia story, how after the first book or the second book, she starts like wearing lipstick and thinking about boys, and then she can't get into Narnia anymore. Like the wardrobe doesn't open for her because she's sexualized she's not a kid anymore spoilers 
Never seen it. Right. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're books too, Sam. Rude. <laughs> I, I read things. I know book. <laughs> um, and then, so with Susan and Vicky, that's kind of what happened is they're children in the story. And then once they, they leave that behind and become women, they become sexualized, you know, not like they're getting their tits out, but like they're, they're falling in love. And then they're, they're no longer kids. They can't travel with the doctor anymore. It's not available to them. And it, hmm. I, I just found that comparison really interesting when using applying it to these early 60s stories. It doesn't really, well, it, it does actually happen again. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, I guess we'll talk about it when that happens. But as one companion leaves, another arrives. They pick up a new companion, Katarina, who is a handmaiden to the king's daughter. So we have, for the first time, a companion from the past who, like, literally thinks that she died and that the TARDIS is heaven. That sounds fun. We have this episode or don't have this episode? Nope, that's why I'm telling you what happens. Because <laughs> we're not going to watch really it. I'm really sad because this sounds like a fun episode. <laughs> that story actually does sound really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the next one, which we're also not going to watch, is called The Dalek Master Plan. It is a 12-episode epic. Nice. Written by Terry Nation and Dennis Spooner. And it's about that Dalek cutaway we just had. It's them doing that. They're, they have this alliance, and they're trying to take over the solar system. And it's this big battle that spans space and time. And there's time travel elements in it and all this weird shit. In that story, pretty early in the 12 episodes, uh, Katarina dies. <laughs> so uh, a very short-lived companion oh. what how does she I die? feel ripped off <laughs> she is being held captive by a guy in a in an airlock on a spaceship and the doctor's about to cave and give him what he wants but instead katarina sacrifices herself by opening the airlock and killing her and him Jeez, that's heavy yeah wow. companion death and you know not everyone considers her a companion because she's only in a couple episodes. So, so uh, we can't see it. That seems <laughs> so like we... ultimate companionship. Yeah, well, when she dies, we find a new hot girl called Sarah Kingdom. She's our new companion. And in the last episode, she dies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there's, this, there's this machine that rapidly ages people. And her and the doctor are running to the TARDIS, and he gets in, and she just barely doesn't, and she ages to death and turns to <laughs> dust before our eyes. Oh my god. Oh, what? I want to see these episodes. Jay. Yeah. Can you just explain episodes to us? Because these sound way cooler than anything we've watched so far. <laughs> also, is Steven... So there's these hot blonde girls that are <laughs> real dumb, and there's these chumblies. <laughs> is Steven <laughs> still with us through all of these? Steven's still there. He's part of the story. So, the next story is The Massacre. Who dies? Another um, female companion. I mean, lots of people. It's called The Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> it's four episodes. It takes place in 1570s France. It's also called The Massacre of St. Bartholomew's or St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, something like that. 
Is um, Steven, Steven still? Oh, you're just going to say. Steven's okay. still there. It's just the doctor and Steven, two-man crew. But there's this girl, because there's always got to be a hot girl. Steven's kind of into her. And but, she uh, dies. No, but she doesn't get lost. And Steven thinks she dies. So he's real bummed. They next, in the story, at the end, they land in 1966 London. And they find one of her descendants. So they know she lived because she has family 400 years later. And that person's name is Dodo. And she joins the team. Kind of wow. Accidentally. She thinks she's walking into an actual police box. And just walks in. <laughs> <laughs> so for next podcast, we are going to be watching The Ark. It's four episodes. We've still got Steven. It is Dodo's first story, like proper story. She showed up at the end of the last one. And uh, it's a good one. Alex and I really like it. R.I.P. all you forgotten companions. Yeah, we ran through a lot. There were 21 straight episodes that we're not going to see because they're missing. Or at least most of the stories are missing. I think out of the 12 episodes of the Daleks Master Plan, three of them exist. So you can buy DVDs that have just like a bunch of these hodgepodge episodes from missing stories. But I've never bothered. Hey, Alex. Um, hey, Jake. Oh. oh, I was going to say do the song. We can end this. It's true. I was just wondering if you wanted to do MVPs for this or did oh, we no. care? Shut up, Terry. Sorry. Hey, Al- hey, Alex. Yeah. Who's your MVP? God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it to Vicky. But who's your MVP? <laughs> Steven. <laughs> that was a good joke. Every that time. joke gets made Joel. literally every week. <laughs> Jake better leave it in every week. Still, Still funny. Great. I don't know if I leave it in there. I, I think remember. I do. Jilly's MVP. Whoever animated the animationies, I mean, I'm sure it was oh. a team, but they were real Lots good. Lots of people. There are two different teams. There's a, a team from India that does a big chunk of stuff, in- and then there's yeah. a UK team. It's all in the credits. There's a lot of credits because they do the original credits, and then the credits for the animation. That's why there's so many. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sam, who we got? Garlic Daleks. The Chumblies. <laughs> They're just fine. I'm also picking one specific Chumbly because one of the men in the Chumbly costume, his name is PP Duty. <laughs> what? It's P E P I is his first name, and his last name is D O U D O O. It's probably Pippi. Or Pepe. Oh, I know. Pepe. Yeah. But this is the second time I've seen the story, and every every credits, my eyes just lock onto his name. <laughs> Shake I'm out. sure he's a wonderful man. He did a great Are job. Are you 12? <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, Pepe Doody. <laughs> Cody, who you got? Maga. Maga. We probably should look up her name. Stephanie Bidney. <laughs> um, there you go. She's also my MVP. Huzzah. Any relation to Christopher Bidmead? He'll be a writer later. An editor. I have no idea. Okay. Okay, hold on. Last segment. 
all of the things Terry was going to say when he didn't actually say them. We could do it off mic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alice, do the song. This has been Married Who, our episode on Galaxy 4. If you'd like to participate in our tweets, you can do so at Married Who Pod. You can join us on Instagram at Married Who. If you want to listen to any of our old episodes, you can do so on our website, MarriedWho.com. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and our producer, Terry, thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for The Arc. Be-do-do-do. <laughs>